Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Larry Kim here with another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. <clears throat> Today, what we're going to be talking about is the startup, the startup ecosystems and innovation. Today, we have a guest. His name is Kyle Ellicott. He's a co-founder of ReadWrite, and he's a chief labs officer over at ReadWrite Labs. And they're an industry catalyst that's accelerating the growth of the economy and the IoT uh, industry by connecting people, companies, and financing shape and financing that's shaping our connected world and lives. And um, he's gone all around the world to speak. Uh, he's advised over 175 companies. So he's done a lot of big things here, and it's a pleasure to really have him on the line with us today. Um, Kyle, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, first off, thank you very much, Leonard. Honestly, the, the, the pleasure is, um, is, is all mine. I'm, I'm very honored to be on your show. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been an entrepreneur and been in and out of the uh, corporate world along with an investor for, for some time. And mm-hmm. uh, today, and as you mentioned, ad- advising startups, um, traveling around the world, helping to um, provide knowledge, education, and, and resources to uh, not just founders, but corporations, investors, and governments in emerging markets. So traveling to somewhere like Asia and speaking about venture capital to how to um, pitch investors to how to build your business and um, as well as focusing on the growth or the emergence of the Internet of Things and what's all happening in innovation. Awesome. So and uh, Rewrite Labs, uh, you focus heavily on IoT. Do you go out there and do you develop the IoT with your company or do you go and acquire other companies or invest into them? Like, How does that kind of work? Yeah, great question. So when we first started the company, we were uh, a full-on accelerator um, for uh, Internet of Things companies. And what that meant is that companies from around the world could apply mm-hmm. to be a part of a uh, an accelerator program where they would come in, have access to resources, to education from top experts, and advisement on how to build, grow, or scale their business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today we, we do that um, in a more scalable sense. So we actually uh, have an online platform where people can go and get weekly education um, from those similar and, and uh, more experts uh, each week and hear about different topics, whether it's about building your business, it's about a new technology like um, you know blockchain or um, artificial intelligence to uh, how to fundraise or even the state of an industry. So what's happening in all of the internet things or what's happening in the autonomous vehicles. And we also provide market intelligence, you know, having been in this business for five and a half years now and seeing so many different types of companies uh, reporting in, in so many different industries, we, we wanted to give all of that data back. And so, Today, or once we, we did a local accelerator where people came to San Francisco, Hong Kong, or Shenzhen and worked with us in mm-hmm. person. And today, while we still have those locations, we also offer the same kind of support to 
jumpstart your business or give you the tools and resources when you want it, where you want it, and how you want it online. Awesome. That's pretty cool because you have all the resources online um, and um, you moved away from doing just the three major hubs that you're focusing on. Are you seeing a lot of like developing countries coming to your website to learn and educate themselves on like the future of AI, IoT and things like that and working on new projects across um, different countries? Absolutely. Um, You know, when we ran the accelerator uh, proper, he, we actually saw companies from every corner of the world applying to, to be a part of our program. And they would, you know, if, if and when accepted, they would actually move to San Francisco, Hong Kong, or Shenzhen. And today, now that we've moved online, absolutely, we're seeing people from all areas of both, you know, traditional markets, so mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. and Europe and, and certain parts of Latin America and, and even Asia to a lot of these emerging markets um, where people are looking to get access to knowledge of top experts um, and also market intelligence data of you know, what's happening in the world, what's happening in my industry, uh, who are my competitors, who are the investors I should be paying attention to or not paying attention to. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're seeing people from from all over in the emerging markets, it's it's uh, it's definitely a key customer. Yeah, one of the great things about what you're doing is you're providing resources to people who may not have the resources otherwise, and you're kind of flattening the landscape where it's just not serving those uh, few communities where you kind of have to have that upbringing or <clears throat> that financial backing to even be in to begin with, and it's kind of opening up the platform to like everyone, which is kind of like awesome and like very, I guess you could say philanthropic too, which is kind of cool. Well, thank you. I mean, when I, um, it's, it's funny you mention it that way is when, when I started in entrepreneurship way too many years ago at this point, but when I, when I started, there was a lack of resources. You yeah. know, you had your local chamber of commerce, which, you know, for listeners, that's, you know, usually a central point in the city where businesses are registered um, and where they have some resources for uh, for small and medium-sized businesses um, locally. That was it. That's all we had. Uh, the first business <laughs> I started with a, a partner of mine, I mean, we went in there and there were two, two kids out of college, uh, and this was my first bigger business, um, and we're looking for resources. We're trying to be scrappy, and, you know, they did the best they could, but I found throughout the rest of my growing career, either as an entrepreneur or as an investor, that resources were always either underserved or uh, over, overly available and, and filtering through, you know, what do you actually need, what's relevant, and what's going to help you, um, you know, that was the, the challenge. And so our team has worked so aggressively um, and, and analyzed so much around the world, and we're still learning and still making adjustments to deliver that um, to your point, you know, make sure you know exactly uh, here's the data that you should know to help your business succeed. If we're missing something, tell us, let's see if we can find it. Or, uh, you know, is it a one-off use case? But uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like I remember back like 10, 12 years ago, like when I was 21, 22, 23, trying to go out there and make something happen. Like, 
I, I was like, what do you do? Go print stuff at the local print stuff? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Go figure out and pass things out. Like, it was just yeah, so Eric, confusing. Eric Reese's like, uh, Lean Startup or, uh, <laughs> you know, Business Model Canvas, these, these great books um, or encyclopedias that we reference so often as entrepreneurs today, they didn't exist in most cases at that time. So you were, you were going to the library, printing stuff off or, you know, checking out a book that was predated <laughs> business that was nowhere in the digital sense. But today's stuff is just coming at you so fast. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's almost too much information and it can be challenging as a, as an entrepreneur, again, in a, in a well-established market or as an emerging market to figure out what do you actually need um, and where's a good source to get it and understanding what you need to take away from it and what is just noise. Uh, and that just comes with a lot of trial and error for most entrepreneurs, but um, there's great services beyond ours that, uh, that can really help with that. Yeah, and I think that's a great thing about, like, <clears throat> when I compare both situations, one situation, there's, like, no resources, and situation number two, there's great resources and there's poor resources, but there's still resources that you can kind of turn to. Like, I, I think back on it, like, if I still had the motivation, that drive, that excitement I had when I was, like, 21, and <clears throat> that desire to really kind of make an impact, I could see myself going out there and making a pretty successful business pretty quickly with minimal failures, as opposed to, you know, going out there and just crashing hard, going, what the hell is going on? How much am I going to have, how, how long am I going to have to live this way? <laughs> Things like that. <laughs> it's so true. And, you know, looking at both of our lives 10 years ago and, and today, 10 years ago, like you said, we were online printing stuff out. There's limited resources. There's in the U.S. We have government grants and 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 things that most people don't even know about that you could get. But again, it's just there's not much then. Today, I mean, there's innovation programs around the world that um, provide not just free space, but can provide non-dilutive uh, capital for your business or your idea. Uh, there's so many resources to just jumpstart your business, uh, it's, it's incredible. And it actually provides you a really unique, um, I would say almost like a chessboard or, or a game board um, when building your, your business. So instead of saying, okay, I'm stuck here locally, I have no resources, I've got to figure this out. Instead, you can look globally and say, okay, this is the industry I want to focus in. The, this is the problem I'm solving. This is the customers I'm solving it for. Where, yeah. you know, where are these customers? Where's the best place to be to get the resources to build or to create and, and solve this problem? And where is the localized market or location I should start in? You know, you can go to somewhere uh, like Hong Kong. You know, the perfect example is fintech, financial technology in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Hong Kong is great for financial technology and smart cities. They've got mm. two enormous technology parks that will provide free space. One is called Cyberport and one is called uh, Hong Kong Science and Technology Park. Both of those will provide you space, will provide you uh, a little bit of seed capital to get started, and then can do follow-on investments along with resources and a community and get you jump-started 
if you're looking to build a product that fits in those verticals, that fits in, uh, you know, the Asia market or um, may have customers within the, the Asia Pacific region, region. And again, you and I, 10 years, if, if it did exist, it was hardly talked about. Today, it's, it's readily available and promoted. Yeah, like I remember back then, like looking for other people who are entrepreneurial, like it's like, hey, look, there's me. There's me. <laughs> I'm on my way so. All my if, friends have regular If you need help, dial you know, 1-800-Leonard or Kyle, uh, and we will, we will help you in, in your, your journey. But uh, <laughs> yeah, today, and it, it, it's, yeah, crazy it's crazy because you know, we're talking about influence, right? That's um, the main our overarching theme of the show. And today, it's just, we've gone through so many of those troubles, right? We went through a time when those resources didn't exist, and we had to struggle and had to learn incredibly hard lessons and still are today. And so now we are becoming... Um, those who, who provide influence, right? Who are acting as mentors and, and guides saying, Hey, free advice. Here's, here's where you should start. You know, here's uh, here's what I did wrong and didn't exist for me, but it exists for you today. So go, go benefit from it. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy. One, how many people are willing to give away their advice and help others. Mm-hmm. And two, how uh, easy it is to really go out and really make an impact on someone else's life, even if you don't even see them physically. Like, they're out there sitting mm-hmm. on their computer typing away, then all of a sudden they're on Google uh, following on one of your articles or one of your lessons, and all of a sudden you're creating an impact in their life, which is kind of great. Mm-hmm. And when yeah, it comes to influence... Of, <laughs> the power of social media and community has brought to, to businesses today it completely changed the game um, in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, having the, the social connection, I remember um, not too long ago, I, I was in, um, I was living in Los Angeles and, and was, was developing a business at the time and um, started talking to someone on social media. You know, we started liking and following and sharing and slowly started a conversation, which, built a, a relationship, which built a friendship. And very quickly we found out it's together. We were, we had a really good support system. And so we, we started a very small group and it lasted for a couple months and it was perfect for what we needed it for. And all of us were going through these different struggles. And so we combined together, never met in person at the time had come from all different corners of the world and weekly or biweekly, we would get on you know, Google Hangouts this was before Zoom or, uh, you know, Skype was stable. So this, uh, we would get on Google <laughs> Hangouts Skype was and we would all just, <laughs> yeah, we would just, just share and, and find ways to support each other and, and, and keep each other up. And there was no commitment other than just, hey, spend an hour together, jam, and if you got a problem, let's talk about it and see how we can solve it. Yeah, that's one of the most important things about building a business, especially if you're an entrepreneur. It gets lonely. You need to have that company. You need that encouragement. So it's always good to go find like-minded people so you can work towards your dreams together. Um, we're about to hop off yeah. to a commercial break. Where could people find you, Kyle, online? You can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Kyle, K-Y-L-E, Ellicott, E-L-L-I-C-O-T-T. Perfect. And you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break.
sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim back here with Kyle Ellicott. If you tuned in to the first half of the segment, uh, you got to really understand how the world of... The world of resources in the entrepreneur world has changed so much from like 15 years ago to today, where we had to just go out there and find people who were like us, go search for them, go try to build up our own little communities. But we really had a hard time doing that to the resources today, where you have guides and everything out there really teaching you everything that you need to know. Like um, with uh, Rewrite Labs, there's resources uh, that they're providing to help educate people who are going out there and uh, going on the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey really uh, embrace the uh, learnings from experts all across the world. And it's impacting not just your local community, but it's impacting like second and third world countries and people from all across the world are really able to make a difference with things. Um, one of the things that Kyle is able to see because he also runs an accelerator is a lot of companies at their very infancy when they're really beginning to get things going. And I think having that bird's eye view on what's about to develop and getting all those um, applications coming in, that probably gives you some good perspective of what the future is going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it does. It, it's, uh, I used to, used to say I had one of the coolest jobs in the world. I got to see and, and help science fiction come to life. Uh, you know, working in the Internet of Things, uh, when it began, it was didn't really have a term. It was just, you know, the next evolution of, of mobile, and, and then it became wearables, and then it became uh, the Internet of Things, and, and you started using terms like connected world or connected devices, and we, we started to witness the things that we had only conceptualized in the form of movies, um, come to life, you know, artificial intelligence, having um, a chat bot or having a, 
something you could, someone you could speak with, you know, looking at like Amazon Alexa or Google Home, the idea that you could communicate with um, not just a device, but a device could communicate back with you or, you know, uh, autonomous driving or, uh, you know, drones, um, all of this stuff and, and more. It just, it was so cool to see it in its infancy. And, and as you said, watch it go through, watch it be built, watch it come to life, uh, or in some cases, watch it evolve uh, into, into something different. Yeah. And then, like, on my end of the spectrum, like, for me, I'm like one of those people who adapting uh, adapt to new things very slowly. Like, I think I got rid of my BlackBerry and moved to an iPhone like three years ago. And when I see like Apple Watches, I'm like, why do I want a smartwatch? I don't know. And I'm like, why would I ever want a smart home? Why would I ever want this or that? Then I picked up a Sonos recently, right? And I'm like, oh my God, this is like the best thing in the world. <laughs> I could talk to it. I could turn it off. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, technology everyone adapts to technology differently and we're in a very unique time in history because we have so much technology and so many different products, both digital and, and uh, physical that it's almost uh, too much to consume. And so you really have a lot of people trying to figure out and test, you know, what works best for them. Uh, you know, your example of the Sonos, um, Sonos is an amazing product and the Sonos with Alexa built in is even better. Uh, and now is it, you know, something as simple as, Hey Alexa, play Johnny cash, you know, being able to just voice that out and having a, that, that command and having an action in return, uh, that's a game changer. Um, in many ways, you know, it starts from that. Uh, we both build habits, both the technology and us and goes from playing a song to, um, building your grocery list to uh, instead the, the device telling you what you need to remember or you starting to um, build product or buy products uh, and be able to communicate uh, as if you were talking to another person um, and being able to act upon that, you know, saying, hey, order me, you know, Alexa, order me a car, it calling Uber, a car showing up, Alexa, then telling you the car is outside um, you know, those are, are things that are, are shifting and, and starting to happen and are just going to get, uh, I would say, more exciting. But for, for uh, those who are not as excited about technology as I am, it's, it's going to help technology um, move more seamlessly into our life where we have all these use cases, we have all these ideas, all these needs, and, and technology is just going to start servicing them um, versus us always having to search for the next product. Um, you know, instead of having to buy uh, a Apple Watch because it supplies you a certain feature, you'll just get a watch, and that watch will provide you data and insights on what you should or shouldn't be doing, and then you'll make adjustments in your life from that, and it will connect and talk to other things. Yeah, a good thing that I'm not at home right now, or when he said Alexa plays Johnny's we would have music playing. <laughs> I felt really bad when I said I said Alexa because I have the same problem. Uh, is I do have an Alexa in my home, and every time uh, her name is, is mentioned, it go she goes off like crazy and starts talking. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm apologize for anyone who's listening to us, and, and that happens. <laughs> that'll be so funny like you see like 20 different homes or 200 different homes i'll play johnny cash out of nowhere <laughs> very quickly we become unpopular 
uh, with a lot of people who used to be technologists and today uh, put all those devices and I on stopped you. Stop talking to my device. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of curiosity, with the Sonos, like, can you like talk to it and then like have it give it like reminders and have it like remember things if it has Alexa built in? So you're like, uh, Alexa, remind me to build, uh, take my vitamins at like seven a.m. or something like that. Can you build all that into the Sonos? Or? I, don't, I don't know how this yeah, thing works. Sonos, I just know how to say like the, some play the combination. <laughs> yeah, so the, so the connected, we'll call the connected speaker um, market mm -hmm. specific to Sonos. Um, so it, it does have uh, Amazon's platform built in. Mm -hmm. So you can use it just as if you had, um, you know, the Amazon, I think it's the Echo or the Echo Dot. Um, so you can communicate with it. It has that, that artificial intelligence um, built in. And same with the rest of the connected speakers. So what's, what's really cool is those connected devices started with a very base set of learnings uh, or skills. And over time, those skills improve as you, as you use the device and as you communicate with it, it will start to learn and, and grow its skills. And then developers can actually build more skills um, that you can then uh, add into your device. So, um, you know, you can say something like, read me the news. And instead of it uh, listing off news from, say, uh, you know, top news on Google, it now reads, uh, it now kicks off Joe Biden's 10-minute uh, daily news updates because you listen to that, you know, 15 times, 15 days in a row, and it seems that you enjoy uh, that episode. So now it starts to pull data from, from that source as well. So, yeah, they come with a base set of skills. You use it, interact, it can learn. You can add more skills, train it, teach it uh, to a point where, uh, it starts to, in the future, grow and learn your habits before you actually uh, have to teach it anything. That's really cool. Like, I didn't know it did all that stuff. But, I mean, just by noticing, like, what the Alexa is able to do in your home and then how some people are beginning to adapt the technology. Like, maybe you went to, like, a friend's house or, like, a neighbor, and you're like, wow, this thing's, like, talking and doing things. Like, we're getting glimpses into the future. And, like, if we look maybe, like, a year or two years ago, like, self-driving cars was just, like, a theory, and then now it's becoming, like, an actuality. So the world of technology is, like, moving extremely quickly. Um, soon, like, um, artificial intelligence is going to be the norm. We're going to have machines learning and picking things up pretty regularly. Like, uh, like if you're just watching on Facebook, you probably put up a picture of your friends and then it automatically found and tagged other people, too. Like, um, facial recognition's improving extremely well. And just all this crazy stuff is happening in the world of technology right now. So being on the front end of everything, that must be, like, Extremely exciting because you see what's out now and we've come an extremely long way, but you still have that future glimpse. Is there anything like really, oh, yeah. really exciting that you might be like <clears throat> anticipating that's going to be happening soon? Oh, great, great question. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, the autonomous space or, or last mile delivery. So helping, helping kind of fulfill this, um, this uh, literally last mile. So if you want to get um, 
you want to get groceries from the grocery store to your house. You want to, uh, instead of having to take uh, a car, you're able to take a scooter. You know, this, um, this idea of last mile delivery and autonomous where, you know, our, our vehicles will very, very soon and not aggressively, but very quickly, um, will start driving themselves and, and very, and very quickly will go from us having to learn to teach and guide it to it doing it on its own, to it being almost per, perfected in, in learning. So autonomous and last mile delivery, the whole transportation space, I think is, is going to, um, is super exciting. And I think it's going to be phenomenal to watch um, what's happening and all the companies that you're hearing about today in these spaces, you know, including uh, Ubers and Lyfts and, Bird and Lime, just to name a, a few, um, the data that they're collecting, the data that they're analyzing uh, is going to improve how the products that we use in the future, how we get around in terms of transportation and how our cities are built, which I think is just in, incredibly um, fascinating from so, so many uh, different areas. But um, out, outside of, of that, um, there's a few other industries that I think are, are really pushing the bounds. And, and one of those is retail. So mm-hmm. today, traditionally, we go into brick-and-mortar stores, big-box retail, and, and purchase goods. Or we use uh, Amazon and, and other sites um, to purchase stuff through e-commerce. In emerging markets around the world, there's a concept of called new retail. So N-E-W, so new retail. Uh, and that is mixing the worlds between online and offline, referred to as O2O. And this was a concept that uh, a term was, was coined by Alibaba out of China. And the idea was you have customers who enjoy the in-store experience, and there's a lot of benefits from going in-store. You have a lot of customers that just want to buy stuff quickly um, and, and, and purchase it online and not have to go in the store. Well, what if you could combine the two and create a new experience so that now you can, yeah, this is a, it's a fascinating industry. Um, you can walk into a store, try on a pair of pants, for instance. Let's say mm-hmm. the store doesn't have that pair of pants for you in your size. Well, on a display, you can click the pair of pants in your size, the color, everything, customize it and place the order. And within a day or two, it's delivered to your home versus having to leave the store, forget about the purchase and may never have uh, bought that piece of clothing. Instead, you're still serviced. They couldn't do that at sex. Yes. So the, 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 the big thing that's happening in, in more Seattle and New York. So that's not the clothing thing is there. The, the big thing in New York and uh, Seattle is Amazon's Go stores where you, you essentially walk in, scan a barcode or log into your Amazon account. Mm-hmm. You walk into the store. It's completely uh, uh, personless. There's nobody in there. So you can go and you can pick what you need, throw it in a basket. Everything is tracked, what you're picking up and you're putting down. So that once you've got all your goods or you've got your lunch, you walk out. And on the back end, your Amazon account is charged 
And at no point did you have to go stand in line. Did you have to check out? You just went in, got what you needed, and left. Uh, in, in China, there's actually a few stores that take it even further where you can this, – this is, uh, I think, pretty interesting. Is you go into a store, you're doing your grocery shopping or shopping in general. Um, maybe you started on the way to the store. So you pulled up mm-hmm. an, uh, a mobile app, selected a few of your groceries. Uh, you walk up to the store. You can actually uh, – it will recognize that you're in the store, and it can start packaging those items that you've already registered, you can go and select or scan a barcode of other items. It will then put all those in a bag or bin and ship that through the store so that it's waiting for you at the front when you are ready to check out. You can go eat lunch. You can go use the restroom. You can do whatever you want, and your shopping was done. That, that's really cool. You pick anything up. You just walked around. That's so cool. Like, I'm used to going into the grocery store to shop for everything. And me and my wife, we recently moved in together, like, a few weeks ago into a new apartment. And, like, I came home one day, and then I went down to our um, place to pick up our meal. And I'm like, why is there, like, toothpaste and, like, you know, like, (laughs) mouthwash and stuff in the mail? Like, wouldn't you buy this stuff in the store? And I was, like, so confused. I'm like, is this, like, a New York thing? Because she's from, like, New York, and I'm from L.A. I'm like, is is this a New York thing? I I don't order my groceries and, like, stuff online. (laughs) This is so weird to me. So I put it on Twitter, and I asked, and, like, a lot of people, were doing it but then like what you talked about with the in-person experience like, I mean that kind of makes sense because like it's like a merge between both of the worlds like um, her convenience of shopping online and my convenience of going into the store and being like oh look this new product let's go pick it up and try it what I'm curious about though is what happens if like someone picks up a mango and then like puts it down in like aisle five <laughs> and goes you know what I don't want this mango anymore what happens in that situation <laughs> Yeah, so that's a it's a it's a great question. So from from what I've seen, you know, a lot of this stuff is is very app driven. So um, if you're selecting things on the app, it's recorded. But if yeah. you pick something up in the store and you place it somewhere else, um, it's just like normal shopping, right? You pick something up, you put it down. It's it's not uh, it's not tracked. It's not recorded as something you put into your cart. Um, so what, what the idea is, is that you blend the world of online, uh, an online shopping cart with the physical being in person, you know, having that social uh, connection or being outside of the home, but still being able to touch and feel things and, and have an experience. So with your mango example, you, know, you picked up the mango, you felt it, you're like, ah, this might not be that right. Uh, but, you know, I'll hold on to it. And as you're going through, you're like, you know what? Mm. I'm not feeling this. And you take it out of your cart and you put it away. It shouldn't be recorded. It should just be the same as if you were shopping without a mobile app or shopping, if you will, uh, offline in a, in a, in a general store. And um, one other example I want to give you is that uh, this is another thing in China is they have a a magic mirror uh, and not the same magic mirror that just launched in New York, but uh, a magic mirror that when you go to the restroom, uh, they actually have an interactive mirror. So mm. if you are um, washing your hands, you can look at this mirror and 
it can it can allow you to see digitally what certain makeup or hats or sunglasses or basic accessories would look like on you. And if you like it, you can select it and say yes, and it'll either pop out at a vending machine next to you or it'll be waiting outside at a register for you as well. Now the entire store becomes a connected experience. It's wild. So retail is a a big, big um, area I see right for disruption and and people are already um, pushing the bounds. That's so cool. I remember when I went to the Ritz-Carlton for the first time, the one in downtown LA, like about, I think, uh, maybe 2008, 2009, and I saw like a TV behind the mirror and it was like playing like ads and stuff. I'm like, whoa, this is so cool. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating to watch, uh, or to witness, I will say, the progression of technology. So you mentioned... Los Angeles. I mean, let's take the Lakers. Or the, the the yeah, let's take the Lakers as an example. Uh, let's hop into that in like one minute when we get back from this commercial break. We'll yeah. bring up the Lakers back then. Um, so everyone can find Kyle on, on Twitter. Where again? Uh, on Twitter at Kyle Ellicott uh, is my Twitter handle. E L L I C O T T. Perfect. Then you can find me at Mr. Larry Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso for an entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussion with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, literature, and current events. If you're looking for what's next and comparing it to what's now or what's past, look no further than The Spotlight with Tony D'Urso every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the last segment of Grow Your Influence Tree. We're here with Kyle Ellicott. And if you tuned into the last segment, you got to hear about some really exciting changes that are going to be happening in the retail space. And what's already developing in China and could potentially move here pretty quickly to the States as well. Um, 
Kyle left off with a thought about the Lakers, and we were about to get into that, but I cut him off earlier. But um, if you want to return to that point that you were um, bringing up earlier. Sure, sure. I'll just finish it off. So we were talking about the transition, or how, how exciting it is to witness the transition in, in technology, and specifically the age that we're in. As you mentioned earlier in the show, you know, things are moving so incredibly fast. And you know, talking about Los Angeles and the Lakers, you know, you think about how we used to view sports. So you would go to a Lakers game at Staples Center. You know, you'd buy your ticket. You'd walk inside. You'd sit down in your seat. You'd watch the game. Today, that experience is completely uh, evolved to where um, you can now not just walk into the stadium, but maybe you walk into Staples Center and you have the Lakers app. And because you have the Lakers app and you're at the stadium, you may be entered to win uh, a VIP experience, or you may be given a seat upgrade, or you may get a discount to, uh, you know, popcorn or a hot dog. Uh, but then instead of just going sit down, today you can also watch the game's courtside through virtual reality. Uh, a company called NextVR uh, allows you to actually sit at home in your lazy boy, put on... Uh, the VR goggles and pretend like you're sitting next to now today, LeBron James uh, and the rest of the team. And, you know, that's progressed from that uh, experience to now getting into the areas of like esports and the shift from uh, entertainment and video games. So it's crazy how fast in just the past few years, we went from going to a stadium, watching a sport to going to a stadium watching a sport, um, having a new uplifting uh, VIP-type experience to being able to be virtually uh, watching a game anywhere in the world to now um, actually being able to be in these games through things like eSports, which has overall shifted the way we look at and how we act in entertainment. So that was my my last point, but uh, just to sum up. That's kind of awesome. So um, mm-hmm. I, I'm over here Googling um, NextVR and finding retailers for a headset. <laughs> like you, can watch, you can watch everything courtside? Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's one of those things where you, from a business perspective, you look at it as, okay, cool. How can we bring our our business, so sports, how can we bring our business to more people? Um, what's a new type of media that will allow our audience to grow uh, exponentially? And when it comes to, to, to entertainment in particular, virtual reality actually plays a, a very important role um, in that. And being able to put on a headset, being able to... Uh, no longer just stream the game, but actually feel like you're you're in it, you're there. Oh wow, this is pretty cheap. So, and not is it? Are these headsets like broadcasting off a phone? Like you stick the phone next to it or into it, or are they like actual headset headsets? Yeah, so, so some of them are are um, enabled by the phone, and, and others are full full systems in themselves, but uh, that just depends. Uh, next VR, if I'm correct, I think it's a, 
Um, I think it's a full a full system in itself. Interesting. Um, what, what do you think is like going to probably end up being more mainstream in the future, like using the phone or the uh, actual headset itself? Like, um, I think a lot of people mm -hmm. are like moving towards like minimalism, owning less things. So I'm assuming it would be the phone, but you're the expert. <laughs> Yeah, it's, honestly, it's, it's another great question. I, I, I don't think, based on my experience and my insight, I don't think it will be one or the other split. I think um, for, for a long time, we will still have both in existence, right? Your, the mobile phone today is, is truly the gateway uh, into everything and anything we do. So... We use the mobile phone more than we use um, our desktops or laptops or personal computers. We use our phones for so much, right? It's, it's the way we communicate. It's the way that we may transact. If you look at something like I mean, WeChat in uh, China, that's an application that allows you to be social, text or communicate with one another to share contacts, so it's placed the business card. It allows you to access a wallet, so it allows you to transact through commerce. Uh, you can send money, you can buy goods, um, you can share documents. It's, it's the all-in-one app, but it leans so heavily on the mobile phone. So something like that, you're, you're, we're going to need those mobile phones for, for quite some time. Whereas the device market, um, we're going to see those devices improve. So headsets may go from a headset in a home to glasses proper, uh, not necessarily Google Glass, but something a little bit more like the glasses you know you wear today. Um, and the watches see it more like a normal watch and not stick out so much. So these peripherals will continue to get more improved, and they'll have use cases. Some you'll wear all the time because. You know, I have to wear glasses all the time. So it's just a piece of, uh, just an accessory I continue to wear. Uh, and you, the technology is so seamless that it doesn't stand out. Whereas the headset may be something you use at home, uh, maybe in, uh, in a certain experience, uh, for instance. And then the mobile phone will always act as that bridge between our peripherals, the cloud, um, the networks, and, and ourselves in some way, at least for a while. I don't see that trend um, changing. That's the cellular aspect uh, or that bridge needs to be there in some way, shape, or form. Cool. Uh, I've been thinking about something. Like, you know, back when I was like a teenager, I used to play a game called Sims, which let you go out there and build oh, your yeah. own and go out into a community. Then I see like all these movies and TV shows where people are like jumping into a virtual world and like living in like some other dimension, kind of like the Sims, I guess. Um, do you think that's right. going to probably end up happening too? Yeah, so there's actually a term for it uh, today. So digital twin, the idea that you have a, a a digital avatar or a digital twin um, that uh, represents you in those settings. Uh, and, you know, right now, Facebook and Oculus are doing a lot in that space. You know, if you look at their videos, it's very sim-like. Uh, you know, Ready Player One was a very famous book and movie. 
that I think came out last year, or excuse me, earlier this year, uh, that shows kind of a very futuristic vision as to what virtual reality um, can bring us. And I think that there will definitely be a, um, a shift where we do use things like virtual reality to jump into these digital twins and, and interact in a very um, uh, digital manner, manner like The Sims. Uh, you know, back on retail, I was reading an article, I think, uh, earlier this week about um, the idea that um, you can use, uh, you can put on virtual reality, create a digital twin, uh, an avatar, and you can go shopping. You're shopping in a, in a store. You can go, uh, you're shopping a market. Uh, and we've seen this in videos, very, again, future uh, forward, but that's definitely coming. Now, whether it happens on a mass market now or in the future, I think it'll be more in the future, but we'll definitely get to a place where we have our physical presence, like you and I today, but that we definitely use our digital presence to give ourselves a personality uh, in this future world. You know, instead of connecting on Skype and maybe not using video, we feel like we want to be in the same room. So uh, while you... Well, I may be in Japan, but you're in L.A. and someone else is in London. You know, can't physically do it. So we put on our virtual reality. We need to use a whiteboard. We need to feel like we're in the same meeting room. And through that, we create these avatars and feel like we're in the Sims. You know, once this starts to exist, I have to get my wife on this so she could go shopping and spend tokens instead of cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that is, uh, you know, it's, it, I'll, I'll find the article and kind of because I think it's, it's really fascinating just to see that people are working on this. And, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it just because uh, there's some more stuff to talk about, but, you know, that's where the idea of, like, uh, digital currency comes in in a very exciting way, you know. Yeah. Now I can sit at home wherever I can put on my... Uh, my headset, I can enter this digital space, I can represent myself, I can play games, I can, uh, I can transact, I can work. Uh, it, it's a whole other world that you can connect into and, and disconnect out of, uh, which is pretty, pretty fascinating. Yeah, another thing is like when my wife moved from New York to LA, she shipped 12 boxes and brought three luggages. And I'm pretty sure those three luggages were full of clothes. And I think eight out of those 12 boxes were clothes too. So solving that problem of shopping. Yeah, <laughs> and clothes, like, I don't yeah, know when she wears it. Like, how does she have so many clothes? Yeah, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, certain things like that in life will will stay the same as, as technology progresses. It'll just... Uh, oh, no. <laughs> right? We'll, we'll, always, we'll always still hold on to those things that we, we, you know, that we crave and that we, we don't want to let go. So uh, I think that's something that's going to stay. But uh, there's some exciting stuff uh, on the forefront. And while it may sound like science fiction, as we're talking about it today, it's, it's definitely happening, it's definitely being built, and there's even stuff beyond that that conceptually is wild and crazy that's happening um, around the world that's being built. We just, uh, we're going to hear about it in the next couple of years. 
Yeah, another thing is if you really consider what influence is and building that up, what it really is is once you, if you're actually building out that technology and you're making it and you're at the forefront of everything, you're basically not just impacting individuals, you're impacting kind of like the world and like how things work and like structures and organizations and governments. And it's a really a lot of influence that people who are going out there and building these new platforms are doing. And I mean, like, if you go to, if you go to like Read Write Labs and you go out there and you're like, you know what, I want to kind of make that kind of impact and go out there and like impact others and do something at a bigger level. You could always go to Read Write Labs and get all the resources to learn and learn basically what you need to go out there and kind of uh, have those resources to be an entrepreneur, get those, get that education. And also, who knows, maybe even um, after a while when you're building something up and you think that it's uh, feasible to be a big idea and you're developing something, maybe you can even send in an application and get, become a part of that accelerator. Or you could always look at it from the other end where uh, there's rewrite as well and you can get all the updated news that's coming out in the world of AI, in the world of IoT, in the world of smart devices and track that progress and see the influences that are being made all across the world. Um, Kyle, it was really a pleasure to have you on the show today and I do appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> so if people wanted to find you, where could they find you again? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Ellicott, E-L-L-I-C-O-T-T, and also uh, that same name on uh, LinkedIn as well. And Wyatt, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm, I'm glad we got to talk a little bit about everything in between, you know, uh, my experience and our experience together as entrepreneurs to influence to uh, the future of, of technology and influence. We got a little science fiction in there today, which is super cool and fun for me to talk about, but... Uh, I it's been an incredible honor to be on the show. Yeah, you know, it's more fun to just go over every single topic as opposed to just like one thing <laughs> and just focus on that. But you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim as well on Twitter. Uh, everyone who tuned in today, thank you for joining us for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll be seeing you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.